What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Squire. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well, and we are officially now on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the TSK show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. On this episode of the TSK show, Tyler and I discuss everything going on in the second round of the NBA playoffs. We also give an update on the Lakers coaching situation as one of their choices is now off the market. I also give Tyler the chance to build his ideal point guard if he were to start an NBA franchise today. And to close the show, he has an NBA playoffs trivia game for me. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the sports kingdom. Welcome to the sports kingdom. going on tp how you doing man feel good man these uh these playoffs couldn't be any better uh it's been exciting to watch all these games and the fact that everything's notched up it's gonna be good game fives are the best yeah you uh you were kind of disappointed with the lackluster performance yep. in round one yep. uh by some by some teams but uh i think round two has kind of picked it up round two is heavyweight fights man it's it's pretty good yeah so uh we're in the thick of the conference semifinals right now we got the Bucks and Celtics, the only 3-1 series right now. Uh, the Bucks are up 3-1. And then the Raptors and Sixers, who are playing right now, uh, that series is notched up 2-2. Two two. And then in the West, the Warriors and Rockets are tied at 2-2. Two two. And then the other game tonight, the Nuggets and Blazers are also tied at 2-2. Two two. Like I said, there are a pair of game fives tonight. Philly is playing at Toronto right now. Uh, there's 11 minutes and 47 seconds left in the second quarter, so it just started. Uh, it's 27 to 26, Toronto, and the later game tonight, starting at 7:30, is Portland at Denver. So we got two big game fives tonight. Uh, it's always fun when seven game series come down to a best two out of three. It always it always makes for an exciting finish. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, game fives are, I think, some of the best games in sports. Uh, when it comes to the NBA playoffs, I love game fives. Obviously, game sevens are the best. just doesn't happen that often, but it's really anybody's series when it comes to a three-game series. Yeah. The the deeper that you can make this uh, the series go, the more chances you have to win, you know what I mean? Because when you turn it, if you can get to seven games, then you turn a seven-game series into a one-game series. Anything can happen in one game. Yeah, do or die. Do or die and in the playoffs is it. Well, and, like, the lesser team can win in, in one game. So, like, for instance, Houston, you know, I don't think that they're the better team, but they're playing so well right now. If they keep scrapping out wins, if they can get to a game seven, they can win. Yeah, listen, we, we say it all the time uh, in the NBA and a, a lot of the times in, in most of the professional sports is at the end of the day, these guys are professional athletes. At, at any given night, these guys can get can pull a win out. 
Yeah, so. no, that that's and that's why you know you see a lot of uh, you know change. Although the Patriots have dominated the NFL, but I was going to say like as far as football goes, there's always a lot of mix in the playoffs. It's not you know the same kind of matchups over and over again. And it's because anybody can win one game. That's what I love about a seven-game series because I think the better team always wins uh, just because you have to win four games. Yeah. So speaking of the better team, let's let's break these series down uh, one by one. Uh, and let's start with the only 3-1 series, and that's uh, the Bucks and the Celtics. The Bucks obviously were the best team in the East all year, only team to, to make it to 60 wins this season uh, yeah this is just crazy it's, yeah um he's just carrying them to he's willing the bucks to victory Giannis is yeah and it's always fun when i get to rag on paul pierce as a laker fan but since paul pierce declared the series over after game one boston is zero and three yeah boston man fuck <laughs> I, I they were right there you know i thought I thought they had him. I think they pushed it to six with like four minutes to go. And then they just never got – even though they were within 10, 12 points, which feels good, it never felt good, you know. Yeah. Um, even though the scoreboard wasn't necessarily like, uh, you know, going to kill your confidence, it, they just never looked like they were ready to, to put the Bucks away. I mean, the Bucks just kept answering. Chris Middleton played well. They needed that. Um, and uh, – they're they're just the Bucks are just such an interesting team. Never seen anything like it. Their offense is so interesting to to me. Their lineups are so interesting. Uh, I think they just throw. They're just a weird matchup for every team in the league. And uh, Boston's got the better roster. Boston's got the better coaching. Boston has the killer. Boston has the you know experience. They have everything. But Giannis is just in his Jordan eighty eight shit right now, and <laughs> he really is just he's dominated. And it's crazy to watch. It's fun to watch. Yeah, and this series is really interesting because it has two teams where they're missing two – or each team is missing a key component really to their roster. The the Bucks missing Malcolm Brogdon and then the Celtics missing Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart actually making his return. Yeah, he, uh, looked, he looked good. He was active as shit. I mean, I, I think he had uh, two or three offensive rebounds. Um, he was running around out there. Looked like he had a lot of energy, but – uh, I don't know. Like, you know, like I said, I think losing a player was addition by subtraction just because they have so much talent. You know, giving other players minutes is a good thing, but you always want a tough, gritty player in the playoff series. Yeah. And, and I Marcus, think ultimately Marcus Smart's going to, you know, help them compete in this series. Yeah, Marcus Smart is definitely that that gritty player. But with both of those, both teams being in a position to where coming into game four, it's like, if Milwaukee hadn't have won game three, they probably would have had to play Malcolm Brogdon to maybe try and give him that spark. And that's ultimately what ended up happening with Boston, having to play Marcus Smart in game four, thinking that would give them a spark. Yeah. But it ultimately came came down to the Bucks stealing both games in Boston yeah. and swinging home court advantage back in their favor going into game five and trying to close it out at home in Milwaukee to go to their first Eastern Conference semifinals, I think, since – Kareem was on the team. Yeah, no, this is going to be – well, no, 2000, 2001. 2001, you're right. Excuse me. Um, the the oh, Jordan, so your favorite one. Yeah, yep. the conspiracy theory here. Yep. But, uh, no, I mean, th this is all Giannis. I think, you know, with with um, with Golden State, I, you know, they're playing –
Golden State, this is why I think this year is going to be Giannis's year as, uh, as far as like when we look back at it. Because uh, Golden State's kind of the favorite. We kind of all expect them to win, even though we're, you know, we're, no, kinda, we, we're creating a narrative that they're struggling a little bit. But everybody's still got their money on Golden we State. We wrote it in stone before the season started. And, and uh, yeah, and it's like Houston really is the Western Conference Finals. Like, oh, yeah, for I sure. I think. I mean, no disrespect to Portland or Denver, but I just think that this is the two best teams in the West yeah. uh, playing right now. Um, so the Western Conference Finals isn't going to have as much flash. Um, a third championship is like a three-peats impressive, but you're going to remember it as a whole, not for a specific year. And so this year, you know, if Giannis really does his will his way to the NBA Finals with, I think, not as much, you know, first place in the regular season, um, not as much talent as some of these other Eastern Conference teams, this really is his Jordan and 88 campaign, kind of just showing the league that he's next. Yeah, I mean, I said it, I said it after game two when the Bucks blew out the Celtics. Uh, that this matchup reminded me of uh, two heavyweights both swinging at each other and connecting and and both landing on the ground and now it's up to whoever gets up first to finish the job and Milwaukee and Giannis really got up first and they're about to finish it yeah Giannis is just uh, not not playing games man he's he's motivated and uh, he's got the talent so he's scary to play against right now yeah and on the opposite side the other star in the series uh Boston's go-to guy Kyrie Irving has really been nowhere to be found he's he's going through probably the worst three game skid uh, of his yeah, playoff career yeah, yeah. he's he's gone 19 of 62 that's 31 percent from the field over the past three games and those 43 missed field goal attempts are the most Irving has ever missed over a three game stretch in the playoffs according to ESPN stats and information yeah it's it's tough to watch because you know what the guy can do at this time of year. Yeah. Uh, and I, like, I, I mean, I picked Boston to win this series. So uh, in doing so, I figured, you know, Kyrie would lead that, lead that charge. And that just hasn't been the case in this series. He just, you know, he's not playing well. The ball's not going in. I, I don't think he's even necessarily not playing well. The ball's just not going in. Um, he's just not shooting well. So uh, he's still the killer on that team. And he's still their only chance to really close them out. But, it's been a weird year for Boston, Kyrie, you know, kind of trying to – it just doesn't seem like the chemistry is right. seems like there's more to it than just basketball because they have so much talent. They should be – I think they should have had a better regular season. They should be more competitive than playoffs. I thought they were coming out of the East and they were just getting whooped by Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. So who who gets the majority of the blame in this situation for where Boston is? Kyrie, Brad Stevens, someone else. I, I don't give I don't give anyone the uh, the blame. I just think that Kyrie um, Kyrie's been playing hard. I think he wanted to win this season. It's just there's been so much going on. It's probably hard to concentrate and play well with all that, you know, just talk of you know where's he going next, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and he's already a. Well, guy, he's definitely and, and leaving. He, and he's already a guy that battles with the media, you know, in general. So. I think he just hasn't been in the right headspace all year. He's had great moments, flashes of the player that he really is, one of the true killers of the league. But um, right now, it just don't don't look right. And, yeah. And I don't think it's I don't think it's his fault. I don't think it's Brad Stevens' fault. It's not management's fault. They put together a good roster. They have a great coach. They made it to the second round of the season with uh, second round of the playoffs with basically no chemistry all year. Haven't had a solid you know 
steady rotation all year. Always guys. A solid out. amount of young guys with not that much experience. Yeah. So, like, Boston's going to be fine moving forward. This was just unfortunate because, you know, LeBron left the East this year. This was their window to really go and get the Eastern yeah, Conference title Yeah, they thought this was this their year. year. And right now, it's like they got a lot of work ahead of them. Yeah, I think I think Boston almost uh, put themselves in the – in the Eastern Conference Finals, and even maybe even the finals uh, before the season started. Because they were so good last year without their big names. I mean, they they performed so well in the playoffs last year without Gordon Hayward, without Kyrie Irving, that you just thought, you know, add in two, two guys that are more talented than most of the guys on the roster, then it's got to be good, right? But, you know, it changed the dynamic of the team completely. Yeah, they thought they thought it would be a seamless not, transition. Not, yeah, this is not the same team as it was last year. Yeah, so to take Paul Pierce's words, the series is over. Yep, I, I think this is where I can finally uh, – Flippity-flop-flop. I can finally say that I don't think Boston's going to get out of this one. I've, I've, uh, I've rode them out of the East all year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but after, after last night, when I just – I just didn't see the push that, you know, you want to see. I feel like it looked like they were going to lose the series, you know, body language yeah. and just the vibe of the game. Um, There's been a lot of uh, a lot of not great body language towards yeah, each other but, on the court. Yeah, and it's just like Giannis, I mean, I just – it's unbelievable. I haven't – I didn't pick him to win the East, I, you know, in the regular season. I didn't think he could do this well in the playoffs. I mean, it's like he he has nobody else on his team that really, like – is a playmaker. I mean, Chris Middleton has a nice game, but I think he's more of a complimentary type player yeah. than really like a playmaker. And so it's like they rely on him to do so much. Um, and they don't have a ton of t talent around him. They have nice pieces. And like, you know, I like Miritic and Ilyasova and stuff like this, but it's just crazy what they can accomplish with Giannis and kind of a limited roster. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, Giannis is just so incredible to watch and, and you just brought up Chris Middleton and it, it, jolted an idea or really a question in my head and do you think chris middleton will get a max contract this summer um oh i i mean if he gets paid by somebody else other than milwaukee i think they're they're gonna they're gonna be victims to one of those they're contracts. gonna overpay him yeah i think it's it's flirting with the richard lewis situation you know yeah new turk lewis situation but uh but at the same time milwaukee should pay him because he's the right player for for their team, you know what I mean? Uh, I think that they have the right role players with Giannis. They just need to keep searching for, like I said, the Pippen yeah. to, to Giannis' Michael Jordan. Um, that's what they need to find. But I love the piece. You know, they have they have lengthy guys. Everybody plays in the perimeter. Everybody can guard multiple positions. Their team is built the right way, and they have good chemistry and, and one of the best players in the world. That's why they're winning. But they're only going to get better. Yeah, no, for sure. But they should pay Chris Middleton. They should keep him with Giannis just because he's just he, he's a buck. You know, he's grown in that system. And I don't think you get the production um, out of him that you uh, somewhere else you do in Milwaukee. And especially if uh, we're obviously assuming uh, Coach Bud is going to win Coach of the Year. Obviously, I would think Milwaukee would want to stick with Coach Bud for the long haul. Yeah, um, I, I love Middleton their, fits perfectly in that system with Giannis. They, I love their yeah, I love their philosophy. I love their team, their coaching. It's it's a great team, but it's not the most talented. I mean, Philly, Philly, Toronto, and Boston all have better rosters On than paper. Milwaukee, but Milwaukee has the chemistry 
and one, you know, they got Giannis. They proved it this year. They had 60. You know, they were the only team the with right, 60 wins They got the year. right role players for their system. I mean, Brooke is a seven-foot guy that just stands in the three-point <laughs> line. Chris Middleton's a, you know, long athletic guard. They can guard, you know, the one to the four. Yeah. They're, and They're a tricky team. They're a problem right now. So we, we've we talked a lot Kawhi, about it. Kawhi is the only hope. Kawhi is the only hope to stop Giannis right now. Yeah. Well, and we, we've talked a lot about Giannis. And for for the playoffs, he's averaging 30.5 points, 11.5 rebounds, and 4.5 assists. And I know it doesn't really matter because it's a regular season award, but him being one of the top two MVP candidates and the other being obviously James Harden, who's averaging 35.8 points per game, 7.3 rebounds per game, and five assists per game. It's been amazing to watch how consistent they've been been able to play from the regular season and translating it into the playoffs and really been carrying their team and putting them in a, a, a really good position to get to the conference finals in both of their respective conferences. They're both very, very, very deserving. I mean, they're both MVP guys. Yeah. Now... We forgot to talk about it last week, and I don't know how it slipped our mind, but James Harden and Steph Curry both got hurt in game two of the series between the Rockets and the Warriors. Harden got swiped in the eye by Draymond Green accidentally, and then Curry injured his uh, middle finger on his left hand. Yep. So his non-shooting hand, he mm -hmm. dislocated it in the game, but he, uh, they both came back and played and finished out the game. Obviously, the Warriors ended up winning game two to go up two to nothing. But since then, the Rockets have won two straight against the Warriors. Yep. Game four was last night. KD and Steph, both, they, they came, I would say they came to play last night, but Clay was nowhere to be found. Uh, I think Steph has been affected by the dislocated finger on his left hand. Uh, he's struggling from the three point. Uh, in game four, he shot four at 10. 40% is what you want from a three-point shooter. But obviously, Steph is the best shooter of all time. And going for a 10, it doesn't always look yeah, that great yeah. on paper. You can just tell. I think he's more banged up than even that. He just seems a little... Well, I think everybody's seems, banged up yeah, at this point in the season. Yeah, yeah, he just seems a little off. He doesn't seem at 100%, which is fine. They, I mean, just having him out there on the court makes Golden State better. Yeah, know? for sure. But the real story is Clay Thompson being nowhere to be found. And combined, Steph and Clay, they're shooting just 37% overall from the field and 27% from three in this series against the Rockets. Mm -hmm. And that's not really what tough, earned man. them the Splash Brothers nickname. No, it's tough. I mean, Clay's got to – Clay has to be patient and find his – you know, wedge his openings, you know, between Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, you know. And Kevin Durant's kind of like on this, um, you know – He's trying to be one of the greatest of all time, kind of path. No, he's looking like it right you now. Know, he's on a, he's on a chasing a three P. He's not he's not relying on Steph Curry. He's not going to rely on Clay Thompson. He's not relying on Draymond. Um, he's relying on himself. It's and it's apparent. Um, so it's tough for Clay to sneak in there and get it because he's got to be hot when he when it's when it's ready when his openings are there. You never yeah. know. Um, and that's a that's a tough gig, I think. So Clay is just in a in a tough spot. And I think I don't I don't think he's necessarily playing bad. We just need one of these games is going to come out and he's going to have you know one of those Clay performances and it's going to be fun. It looked it honestly looked like it last last night to start out uh, for a few minutes to begin the game, but 
it just it didn't end up turning out that way. Yeah, he'll be fine. I, I mean, it is it's a tough tough road to squeeze into. Yeah, and now you brought you brought up another good point uh, about what the Warriors as a team are going through, and that's that's trying to three peat. Yeah, and that's one of the hardest things to do in sports. It's, it's really there's, hard to there's stay a reason, interested. And there's a there's a reason only three teams have done it in NBA history: the Celtics, the Bulls, and the Lakers. Yeah, no, I mean it's uh it's an incredible feat in sports to 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 three peat to show that dominance for that long you know long of a time. And KD is, I think, KD Steph, you know, Steph's on his own, you know, kind of legacy. KD is looking for that Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, yeah. Magic, Bird comparisons. That's where he's trying to be at. Uh, they're they're gonna win it. I think even with Steph being hurt, banged up. DeMarcus not playing, Clay not playing well. They still have KD, who's, you know. He's the best player in the world right now. And he's the best player in the playoffs right now. And he, and there's, you know, Kawhi and I like Giannis. How, I like how you made that distinction. Kawhi and Giannis are playing amazing. I mean, they're both playing unreal, unreal. Um, but we, we can see it, you know. We can see whose playoffs it is, whose championship it is. It's Kevin Durant's. Yeah. Kevin Durant is, like, rising above the Warriors' kind of dominance because I think that it, it's tough to keep interest. And in, in this is year five for, for you know, that their finals dominance, um, let alone, you know, Clay and Steph being there before that. Yeah. So this has been a long run that they've been making. Kevin Durant is kind of keeping it afloat right now. I for sure. Uh, not to, not to say they wouldn't have won it without him. I because think they, they did, and I think they could have. Um, but uh, he's definitely like there. There's still no question in my mind they're winning it. And I think from an because in, of him. And I think if I were if I were the Warriors from an inside perspective, looking on the outside, I would say we're kind of at an uphill battle this season with the whole narrative narrative being pushed that there is so much infighting and all of the power struggle of where KD wants to go, what's going to happen yeah. with Clay and Draymond over the next two seasons, uh, with their free agencies, Clay this season and Draymond next year. Uh, obviously, Steph is locked up and he's secured, but there's a lot of question marks surrounding this roster coming yeah. up over the next two yeah. seasons. Yeah. And there's a lot been a lot of consistency with this roster over the last five years. That's why I think – that's why it's just like – I think KD is so much – he's just locked in and – that's why, you know, I think KD locked in is going to be is going to trump a Kawhi or a Giannis locked in. I agree. Um, and, and it's because this is his he's closing the book with Golden State this year. Three years, three NBA championships, three NBA finals MVPs. Yeah. 3D. And I'm gone. That's it. Like yeah. I came in, I did the damn thing and I'm out. Um, and that's I think they all know it. And there is a lot of questions to the future, but. I think that it's going to be a refreshment for Steph, Clay, Draymond, Steve Kerr, Iguodala, Steve Livingston, Sean Livingston. I think it's going to be a refreshment when KD leaves because it's almost going to Clay's, be like a new team. Do you think Clay's going to end up staying? Yeah, one hundred percent. This now, doesn't make sense to, to leave. I think the only way I think he leaves is if they don't offer him a max deal. Uh, they will offer him a max because deal because KD's going to leave. Um, I think it goes, you know, you, you're already locked into Draymond for the next three, four years, I think. No, he's a free agent next summer. I thought he just – I thought he was the one that just recently – well, st is it Steph locked in for – Steph's like, the one that's locked like in. Four or five. See, the thing is, is like, I think Steph's going to be banged up, you know, probably more often than not. 
moving forward in his career, um, you know, Draymond and Steph, I think, are going to stay. I think they're going to ride it out with Steph. Yeah, I mean, it'll it'll be interesting to see because I mean, they're still going to draw some free agents. They're going to get some high level role players. They're going to you know get become deeper. Yeah, um, you know, they'll start Kevin Looney. They'll start Andre Iguodala. They'll still have their big three. Well, it'll be interesting to see if Iggy retires after this year if they win the finals. And then bring on Harrison Barnes. <laughs> bring just bring Barnes back. I'm ready for it. His contract's up. He signed the same year KD did, obviously. Oh yeah, so that's they're true. Bo- they're both expiring at the same time. Yeah, you're just, right. Just swap them back. All right. Now there were two plays in Game Four that I wanted to get your opinion on because they were somewhat questionable, I think. And one is Harden had a a jump shot where he took a shot and basically flailed his arm out and hit Draymond Draymond Green. But he wasn't called for a foul. And when I saw this play, I immediately flashed back to Kobe Bryant getting suspended for the same exact thing when he did something similar against Manny Ginobili, where he took a shot and flailed his arm and it hit Manny Ginobili in the face. And this was after the NBA had changed a rule completely because Kobe had developed this somewhat... uh, somewhat of a move to try and draw a foul yeah, yeah. on a defender on a jump shot. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the difference is that they were watching for Kobe. Yeah. So do you think this was a dirty play? No. It was a smart play? No, it's just like uh, that's Harden's flails arms. Um, arms get flailed a lot, basketball. People get hit in the face. People get poked in the eye. Uh, yeah. uh, Harden obviously knows that. Yeah. So, I mean, Draymond's just as physical, and he's just as big of a flopper, flailer. Uh, as the rest of these guys, so he just happened to be the victim in this sense. But I don't think it was in. It's like a dirty player intentional. It's just kind of part of Harden's game is drawing fouls and yeah. flailing. Okay. All right. And the other play was KD and CP3 had gone up for a rebound against each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was on a free throw or a shot in the lane, and it ended up going in. But KD kind of came down and gave cp3 a nice little elbow to the chin it might have been an acting job on chris paul's part yeah uh but do you think it was dirty at kd no there's for sure some some like acting in there but those two were going at it and they're they're you know ultra competitive against each other and there's a western conference finals trip on in the books i think they were just looking for one another to retaliate so they could act yeah both of them were ready for it you know what i mean they're both kind of they're both ready to get the little extra bumps, the little extra nudge, the little extra push, see what you can get away with. Yeah, they're veteran that, players. It, yeah, that's for sure. Just, it was That's just what was going on was was that that exact thing. Okay. Uh, quick update. It, there's one and a half minutes left in the second quarter. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is currently at the free throw line. It is 54 to Fuck 39. Yeah. Toronto care. Raptors. Hell yeah. Kawhi is currently sitting at nine points, nine rebounds, three assists, and two steals. Pascal Siakam has 14 points uh, for the 76ers. Jimmy Butler has 11 points. Tobias Harris also has 11 points. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are at five apiece. Man, I tell you what, man. Kawhi, talking about Chris Middleton, is like if Kawhi's got any interest in coming to Milwaukee, I'm telling Chris Middleton to kick rocks, and there's your Pippen right there. There's your Jordan and Pippen. No, no. We're – 
we're all about Kawhi coming to the Lakers on this show. That's Tyler. not that's not happening. It's gonna happen. All right. Before we talk about before we talk about the game that's going on right now that we just kind of updated, uh, we'll talk about the game that hasn't started yet tonight, and that's the Nuggets and Blazers. That's game five tonight. A series that I've enjoyed an unfortunate amount, um, just because I've been kind of, uh, you know, in a sense, a hater. I wouldn't necessarily call myself a hater because I just tried to put different parameters on their level of success, but they played well. It's been a fun series to watch. Well, I think if we were to think about this in terms of, let's say, a concert or a festival, and we were looking at the lineup, I don't think the Nuggets and the Blazers would have the, the biggest font on the flyer. Yeah, but it's 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 been good. I mean, No, it's been y- great. Jokic and Jamal Murray are emerging in this league, and uh, Dame and CJ just keep doing the damn thing. <laughs> Yeah, and they obviously had an odyssey of a game uh, that went to four overtimes. I mean, you had Jokic playing like 65. I I caught the very tail end of it. My old age caught up to me. (laughs) Couldn't hang for four OT. But, I mean, Jokic playing 65 minutes, McCollum playing 60 minutes. It's – Mike Malone came out after the game and said, I, I mean, Jokic just simply can't be doing – I can't be doing that with him anymore. Yeah. Like, he's played way too much. He, his body can't handle it. But for some reason, Portland still just has nothing to stop him. He's been absolutely incredible. I mean, Jokic is uh, – he's like Lillard. He's similar to Lillard in a stance in the NBA, like, totem pole, because Jokic can bust – the best centers in the league. I mean, he he really is unguardable. He can play with the best. So it's like on any on any given day, Jokic is the best center in the world, um, and he just keeps getting better and better. And he has such a such a huge imprint on the game in so many different ways. Uh, him with him with the ball at the high post, he's just like he's just a playmaker with his passing ability, his shooting ability, his dribbling, his his footwork. He's he's crazy. Yeah, crazy, crazy talent. For the postseason, he's averaging twenty four and a half points, twelve and a half rebounds, and nine point three assists. But it's like you know, I compared him to Lillard because you know Lillard is never really in the 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 best point guard. Oh, I mean now he is, but as far as like the best point guard in the game, you know Lillard's not necessarily always everybody's number one, but on any given night he is number one. Oh, for and sure. That's why I think where Jokic stands with the centers. Yeah, definitely. I think Jokic has a bright future as one of the 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 top centers in the league one day. Yeah, he's he's a different he's a different type of guy. He's got he's got a little bit of he's got a little bit of Vlade Divac in him. You yeah. know what I mean? He's got a little bit of Marcus Saul in him. He he's got he's just uh he's got a lot of potential just because of his skill level. His skill level is so extremely high. And I mean his body he's massive. So yeah. it's like there's not a ton there's not a ton of coaching outside of, you know, there's not a ton of expansion outside of just getting him comfortable and like, you know, with his teammates more and more. Yeah. And he's going to make him look better and better. Did you see the box out Joker chat on Cantor? Yep. Oh. And and that's just like, did good you aw- think it was dirty? No, I think that's okay. good awareness. Those guys are, man, just watch the post. Like what? Well, don't watch the ball. Watch the post. Watch the first guy down. Like the first guy in the paint running down. It's like, there's, you're getting chucked and elbowed and and pushed and it's physical basketball, especially Cantor and Jokic. Uh, those guys are both like physical players too. 
Um, and it was just smart by Cantor catching that he was going to, you know, Jokic was giving him a little extra oh, for yeah. sure. He was for sure giving him a little pop of the elbow, but Cantor but, is smart, saw it coming, so he acted. And that's a hard, but it's a hard box out in the playoffs. Like, that's not going to get called. No, no, and we wouldn't even recognize it because, like, that elbow wouldn't even move Cantor. He's so big, you know yeah. what I mean? We, he's, we only recognize it because Cantor was smart enough to recognize it and kind of flail. So, so now we can review it, but it happens, you know, all the time. Yeah. Now, before we – I'm going to ask the same question twice because we, I forgot to ask it about the Houston and Golden State series. But do you think Houston and Golden State go seven games? It's looking like it. I mean, it's uh, just because James Harden can win you a game. So it's like one of these next two games, he's got to win one of them. Yeah. I think Golden State could easily win both, but I just think they're not necessarily 100%. Kevin Durant's 100%. Kevin Durant's locked in. So he could for sure beat Houston by himself twice. But uh, James Harden, he, he just needs to get one more win out of these next two because game seven, anything can happen. Okay. But every game that goes on, the more the the more likely it is Chris Paul is going to get hurt. <laughs> so you yeah. want to close this fuck right. out as You're soon right. as possible because I just I just see if Houston makes it to a game seven, I just see Chris Paul not playing. It would not shock me. Just that's his kind of that's his kind of luck. His MO. Time, that's his kind of luck this time of year. All right, now similar question. Oh well, real quick, we're still sticking with the Warriors, even if it does go seven games. I got the Warriors. Okay. Yeah, for sure. All right, I just want to keep us honest. Yep. All right. Yep. Similar question, but kind of different circumstances because CJ and Dame, I think, both have had great moments in the playoffs. Obviously, Dame with the shot against OKC. Uh, he's played very well against Denver. He's had big moments in this series as well. CJ had 41 in the, the four-overtime game, and he's had big moments. They have a lot riding on this series, I think, for their legacy especially after getting swept in the first round last year and everything that they've gone through this season and in the playoffs, can they close it out now in a best two out of three? I think so. I mean, I, I think that Portland's going to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think so as well, and I think they, they, just, they legitimately just, have to. I, I just think uh, Dame, you know, Dame Lillard is, is the difference. I think he's just he's the, he's the piece that uh, Portland has that Denver doesn't. Um, and uh, uh, this is this is going to be huge for the, their legacy. There's a lot of guys where you know the conference finals are are kind of their that was their finals. That was their finals. Yeah, I mean, you know, it reminds me of uh, oh man, I just had it in my head. Um, there's a, a classic one. Oh, Denver and Carmelo with Chauncey Phillips and and that team with J.R. Smith and yeah, they played Marcus the Lakers. Gary. You know they got to that like they got there and that kind of solidified it for those guys moving forward. You know as yeah. far as Melo and stuff. I mean that was like the best team Melo played on. Yeah. Um, you know and then there was the uh, the Utah Jazz with Darren Williams and Meme Okur and Paul Millsap, and Andre Karolinko, AK forty seven. Yep. All those guys. You know that was you know and then you got Phoenix. Paul Millsap was on those Utah Jazz teams too. Yeah, coming off the bench. Yeah, for a boozer. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then you know you got like you Sac uh, Sacramento and Phoenix. Never, yeah, never Sacramento in the early two thousands, Phoenix in the mid two thousands with Steve Nash. Never and the so I mean, so get so Dame. I mean, point being, if Dame and CJ can can get it there, that's the respect level that they're going to get. That's where they're going to be one of those teams. I don't think they have for a threat sure. to beat 
I don't think they can beat Houston or um, Golden State, but getting to the Western Conference Finals, I think, is a feat in its own. Definitely. Oh, definitely. Definitely I mean, solidifies them. And it's way better than anyone would have ever expected from the, from those teams and those rosters. Yeah. I mean, these these teams are built for to, to really make a run in the playoffs, but not a deep run. And it's when those teams make those deep runs, it's it's what cements their yeah. places in history. Yep, they got they got two superstars handling the rock. So you think ultimately Portland finishes it out? Does they, it go se- does I, this one go seven games? Uh I think this one is gonna go seven games. So who wins tonight? I would love to see three seven game uh, game sevens. That'd be dope. Who wins tonight then between Denver and Portland? It's in Denver, right? I think I think the home team wins the next two games. It I is think, in Denver. Yeah, I think Denver Denver wins five. Yeah, I mean the home team six. has won every game. Yeah, it, well, it makes and those those home crowds are great, both of all you know all of them. But if it's game seven in Denver and Dame Lillard's got the ball, it's it's a wrap. I think Port I think Portland can win that game. You know, I think they got they're more more hungry. Yeah. All right. Now the last series, obviously the Philadelphia 76ers and the Toronto Raptors. We've kind of sprinkled them in. Uh, as we've talked about each series because the game is going on currently. Mm-hmm. But now it's at halftime, and the Raptors have a 21-point lead, 64-43. to 43. Yeah, This is a beautiful sight, in my opinion. Uh, I think people forgot how good Kawhi Leonard was last season because he only played nine games. Rightfully but, so. But he's, only, he's been absolutely sensational these playoffs. And Unreal. The Raptors really monitored his health and uh, – his minutes this season and did a great job at that, I think. And he put up 39 points and grabbed 14 rebounds in game four. Currently, he's sitting at 13 points, 10 rebounds, and three assists. He's plus 17 uh, at halftime right now. And he's been one of the most efficient players in these playoffs. He's shooting 53% from the field and 44% from the three-point line. Oh, Kawhi is... Uh, unreal. I mean, he is the man. It, it's just, it's so quiet, like what he's, how quiet he's doing it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, of all the praise that I've given Giannis this year with the MJ and 88 comparisons and all the praise I give to Durant, you know. Kawhi gets uh, just as much. It, it's just that, well, and it's like, it's set up to where Kawhi is really that good. He really is those guys. And though, though, Giannis and KD. I mean, I gotta assume he thinks he can he can he can beat those guys. Ooh, and, yeah. uh, and if they handle Philly in this game five like this, and I think which sets them up good to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, he could very well you know have a Gian- beat Giannis. You know, if he if he dominates that that match of Giannis and Kawhi, Toronto's gonna win. Oh, for sure. And then if he gets to the finals and he can dominate KD, Golden State isn't necessarily looking that great. Outside of outside of KD, yeah, Golden State is really vulnerable. Put, you know, Kawhi is that dude. He and it is rightfully so that I think people have forgotten because if you don't see someone play for twelve months, um, you're yeah, going to you become forget. prisoner of the moment. Because there's guys out there like Kevin Durant and Giannis and LeBron and and all these other guys that are doing it every night. Yeah, and I mean, listen, let's not forget Kawhi Leonard is the Defensive Player of the Year. He's a finals winner he's a finals mvp like he's been there he's done that and so i think i think he does have the advantage in 
the Kawhi Giannis matchup right now. If, if Lowry could wake the fuck up and just play like it's at so 75%. Bad. It's of, so bad, dude. You know what I mean? And uh, I hate to be critical on a player because they're, they're a professional athlete. They know what they're doing, but he's obviously in his head. And at this point, it's like we either got to really hope that he shows up or it's you got to look to the coaching and be like, we got to do something else. We have somebody else handle the rock. Well, I think he's almost a liability at this point. I think it's ultimately what's going to drive Kawhi out of Toronto. It's you're I don't not, think Kawhi's staying in Toronto, but I've also been, you know, I've been wrong about these kind of things before. We've but, all been wrong about these. You kinds know, of I things. didn't think there was any way Paul George would stay in Oklahoma City. We didn't think uh, Kawhi Leonard would be on the Raptors. Yeah, well, and that's different because of the trade. But uh, Paul George got traded. But it's a great. But another end of it, it's like. You know, I could see him staying there just because he's a low-key guy. And it's like, he's enough. They have a decent amount of talent on that team. I mean, that Toronto team has some players. Uh, that's a good enough team to compete for titles the next couple of years. And if he can go out – I mean, picture that narrative. This could absolutely happen. If he goes out and, and beats Giannis and quiets that, that talk and goes out there and he beats the Warriors, the unstoppable Warriors, uh, you know, in the middle of Katie's hunt for a three-peat, I mean, now and now, what are we talking about? You know what I mean? Kawhi, all of a sudden, Kawhi's just, right back to where he was two years ago in he's the all MVP of a conversation. Trampling, he all of a sudden trampolines right back into the the best player in the world conversation. Hundred percent, and it's it couldn't. It's I, a great I, time I, for basketball, man. Some it's, good names out there. This is why I think. This is why I think this is one of the times, one of the times where we've had the most talent in NBA history. It's hard. It's hard to it's hard to uh, answer that question. I think because I think you got to I think you do got to put into a account an inflation sort of uh, aspect to it. Just, you know, more basketball being played um, in general is going to put more stars. But, but with there being so many different per team, I, you know, with I there know. being so many different styles of players that are at the top and at the peak of their games right yeah. now. Yeah, but I mean, there's. Th we could roll through the decades. And oh, I know we and, could, and name some names. We should, you know? but right now, right now, the you know that that six eight six nine, um, you know, I, I guarantee, like back in two thousand five, all the talk was like, oh, we're looking to the future when we see LeBron James. Yeah, you know, six eight can do it all from the perimeter, uh, play multiple people. And on look at what and we now, see, and now we are. It's like we know between Braun and KD and Giannis and Kawhi. And, you know, it's like and people like Ant Davis. It's Carl Anthony yeah, Towns. All these guys. Joel Embiid. Yeah, and that's even kind of going into something different. But it's just this hybrid, you know, freak athlete. Yeah. You know? But those first four, those are all NBA all-time greats. For sure. You know, four of those guys, there's four guys that could be top ten players of all time at the end of the day if they, you know, if it plays out like that. Yeah. Now, back to Kawhi and this series – there obviously this series has been close between the Sixers and the Raptors and I think it's been a lot closer than some people would have thought I think most people would have thought Toronto could win this series in five games well I didn't pick Toronto to win this series right exactly I, I mean, picked Toronto I, to win this I series just, I mean I just think that uh Joel Embiid's show of you know or lack of show has definitely been why I mean he's unguardable yeah, uh, and, and Philly is just such a you know such a dangerous team with their superstar power. I mean, they have the second best starting five in the league. Yeah, to I Golden mean, State, in my opinion, Joel Embiid is running out of excuses. I mean, he said he said he was sick 
the night before game four and he kind of blamed his poor performance and, and the loss on him being sick. But it's like if you're out there, this is the playoffs. It's time to put up or shut up. There are no excuses right now. And that's the thing. It's like the thing I've learned about these Sixer teams. Um, There's always something the years, with them. Is they're, they're just not about that life. There's always something with them. What, whatever, whatever it is that Dame and Kyrie and KD are walking around with, they just don't have. Yeah, I don't know. Hundred percent. You know, I don't know if it's their their lifestyle, their love for the game. You know, they have all the talent in the world. Joel Embiid is the best center in the world, in my opinion. Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris are all star caliber. You know, wing players. I'm not a Ben Simmons fan, which is kind of stems my like dislike for the process and all yeah. that. But it's like the kid can play basketball to an extent, just can't shoot, which is a like I just can't respect. You know. Yeah. And we'll, we can we can talk about a shot in a second, but I want to I want to talk about Kawhi because there was a moment on first take today with Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith and Jay Williams, where Max Kellerman said Kawhi is better than Kobe Bryant under pressure, and Stephen A. and Jay Williams were absolutely flabbergasted. Jay yeah. Williams actually got up and left the set at one point during the debate. <laughs> And I mean, listen, Kawhi Leonard, he's an all time great in my opinion. He's yeah. he's there. He's solidified himself and his place in history in basketball. But he's not Kobe Bryant yet. No, he's not well, I just don't think that they're the, the same time. Man, Kobe was uh, an alpha you can't beat Kobe like just off of like your your stats and, and your numbers and nope. like your wins and stuff. Like Kobe was a personality. It's an alpha dog. It was a it was a killer. It was a, someone you were afraid of. Someone that was intense. It was a leader by example, leader by vocals. You you know what I mean? Like, and I think that's all the shit that made Kobe. And I don't not that Kawhi doesn't have that, but Kawhi's a different dude. And but all I think on his own. I think I think Kawhi does have a lot of those characteristics. He doesn't have all of them. Yeah, it's more of like the personality. It's not the basketball. Hundred like, percent. It's like the the flash and like Kobe's more of like an NFL wide receiver. He's like in your face, like I'm gonna I, cut I'm you. the best. Yeah, and I'm gonna you step know? on your throat every time I yeah, step on the court. Yeah, he's got the he's got the Michael Jordan in him for sure. And Kawhi is just a different, just kind of a stone cold silent killer. You know, yeah. he just carries himself in a different way and he has an effect on the game in a different way. It just dominates the same way as Kobe dominated. Yeah, definitely. No, I mean Max Coleman just got caught with his foot in his mouth. Well, you know, no, this what, guy this guy talks on air here's a couple the hundred times a year. So we we're going to, you know, he just happened to say something where he was reaching a little bit too, too much. Well, yeah, here's here's the problem. And this could this could start a whole different conversation that we could we could probably save for a different time. But I can get into it for a second. It's it's the fact that the media now is all about trying to create this narrative and. Max Kellerman literally said that, I think, just to get views and clicks and likes. Yeah, he plays the opposite. I mean, yeah. he doesn't really believe that. You no, there's no way face. he actually believes that. No, I, I, I just that's how I feel, too. I mean, he, he has to talk a couple hundred times a year. And on that show in particular, that's not his show. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not. He, he's there to play the counterpart to, to the star, which is Ke uh, Stephen A. Right. But. Real quick, back to Ben Simmons' shot because we talked about it in the car a little bit on the way over. Mm -hmm. You have a problem with his shot. Yeah. He, sh he shoots left-handed. He's ambidextrous, really, yeah. in, in real yeah. life. Yeah. But he yeah. shoots left-handed. 
Do you think he should Tristan Thompson it and switch to shooting his right with his right hand? No, I I don't. I think it's too late for that. But I definitely think he shoots with his, the wrong hand. And it, I mean, I just like I just hope that he's fucking doing something. I hope that there's some story to something why he's not even attempt because if you, like they might as well have just said you know fuck it we're you need to like learn a whole new shot we've got to build your shot from scratch um and and then you could be like if you're building your shot from scratch then you're like okay we're not going to shoot him then it'll make a little more sense if he's like not doing that and not taking shots it just it i just don't understand why well i mean we've got to get better at that you got to assume that he's working on it um we've but seen i mean i think he shoots with the wrong hand but it's just too late to change at this point, I believe. I don't think it's too late to change it, but we've seen we've seen on social media clips of him shooting like in practice and in shoot around and in warmups and he's missing. So it's like I really don't think he has the confidence to shoot it. Period. Confidence comes with repetition. There's no it's no it doesn't matter like you can shoot your way out of that. Hundreds and hundreds of shots a day, hundreds hundreds of makes a day. Uh, change change your confidence that you're comfortable. It, even if even if he shot hor- even if he shot in an empty gym by himself twenty percent for the whole first year, it's like he he that next year he will get a little bit better and yeah. that's gonna be better than fucking zero. Oh, for sure. You know he's like not taking them. It's not like he's shooting twenty five percent, twenty two percent. He's not taking any. Yeah, I mean he's not a threat to shoot the ball at all. It's it's like it's crazy to me. I'm flabbergasted that he's been this success this successful this long yeah i mean he he's really not even a focal point in the offense in the playoffs because he doesn't make himself a threat to shoot yeah well it's just like that's they needed they needed jimmy and they needed tobias because they needed somebody that could go get a bucket at the end of the game it's too hard to it's too hard to rely on your big man to get you points down the stretch yeah you need to have that perimeter guy and you can't rely on ben simmons like getting a bucket he's not going to be able to drive and dunk on everybody every play yeah all right that game is back from halftime it's 64 to 48 10 minutes to go in the third quarter i mean joel joel Embiid's lack of availability and just kind of inconsistency with like you know being on the court and then ben simmons limits as a as a jump it's a recipe for disaster that's the reason why they're not and and this whole this whole process is just destined to fail in my eyes. So, are you flipping to Toronto winning the series? Yep, I think I'm. I think I'm. I'm ready to go flip that switch. Perfect. Just, just off of uh, just off of Joel Embiid. If Joel Embiid was playing, I think they got it. All right. So, we got Milwaukee and Toronto in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's our prediction. Now, yeah. <laughs> and the Western Conference Finals, we have Golden State and Portland. Yeah, I mean, in that in this scenario, I think, you know, Giannis is unstoppable. But I got, I gotta, I gotta take Kawhi over Giannis in a seven so, game series. I, I Even do though, too. You know, I've given Giannis all the praise of being next. He's, st- you know, he's still next. He's not now necessarily. Right. Exactly. Um, and he's uh, not there yet. Kawhi. Well, it's like he could. I'm not going to be surprised if. Giannis Kawhi square up and Giannis dominates and they win in six. It wouldn't shock me either. Or they win in five. I, it wouldn't It wouldn't shock me. I'm still just not ready to like – I'm going to give Kawhi the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I Kawhi. think Kawhi can come in with the game plan. And the fact that they have uh, Kawhi and Siakam and Serge and Marcus Saul to all play against Giannis, that's about as good – that's about as good. If no, like you're throwing everything get. in the kitchen sink at him at that well, point. Well, and that's for that's for high 
Cal, I mean, Kawhi's been a defensive player of the year. Marcus All has been a defensive player of the year. Serge Ibaka's finished in the top three, three different times for defensive player of the year. <laughs> Siakam, we know what he can do. He's yeah. he's a lengthy, athletic guy. So, uh, I mean, you got a Norman Powell as like your fifth option. Listen, at the end of the day, Kawhi Leonard has been to the mountaintop before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, he knows what to do, but Giannis ain't playing no games right now either. No. He don't care about Kawhi Leonard's story. He don't care about Kawhi Leonard. And, you know, being the young star and the old Spurs, he doesn't care nothing about that. So, right now, we're predicting on May 7th that it's going to be the Golden State Warriors versus the Toronto Raptors for the NBA Finals, given this scenario I right think, now. I think today, at this point in time. That's with, what we're calling. That's with this dominant uh, performance right now. I think that's what that's what I got to call it. I I got to call Kawhi and uh, KD because Kawhi, KD, uh, Dame, and Giannis are the four kind of like headliners. They they played. They're the four players that have carried their team the most. Throwing a Jokic there too, but those are and that's who we got. You know, standing at the end. Yeah. All right. Now that's enough playoff talk because there's an update. In Lakerland. Hmm. Breaking news. <laughs> no one saw this coming. Dun, 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 dun. All right. The update on the Lakers coaching search is that they are most likely going to hire Ty Lue. And there are reports that they're moving closer to an agreement. But there's really no rush, according to Ramona Shelburne, who was on ESPN Radio today uh, on the George Sedano show. She said there's no real sense of urgency between either side uh, of these negotiations because Ty Lue's technically still getting paid by the Cavs. And the Lakers don't really need a coach until they find out where they're going to be drafting and what their strategy is uh, as far as who they're going to draft and the draft lottery is next week. So I figure they're going to get this done in between the draft do, lottery. Do we even have we don't even have our lottery pick, do we? No, that's what I'm saying. That's next week. But we don't but I mean we don't have our pick, do yeah, we? Yeah, no, we have one this year. But is it ours? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure like we I didn't know if like we had the Lakers like spot in yeah, the lottery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the lottery is next week. The draft is I believe like June 30th or something like that or right after the finals, right before free agency starts on July 1st, somewhere in that range. So come on Hawks. I'm pulling for the Hawks to get Zion. I really want that no, action. No, I'm, I'm pulling for the Lakers to get Zion. We're, we're no, in the lottery no, no. right now. No, no, no. I want, I want to see, I want to see Trey young Zion and the Migos at home in Atlanta oh my in the playoffs. All right. I want Quavo courtside. I want Trey Young bombing threes. Zion getting dunks. It'd be the culture, dude. Right. It would be the the most lit party in the league would be in Atlanta. <laughs> I think one of the most lit parties in the league already is in Atlanta. And they have a dog shit out. roster. Like <laughs> add a Zion and they already got a Trey. It'd be nice. It'd be buckets. All right. Back back to the Lakers. Basically, they're not going to hire somebody between now, I think, and the draft and where when they figure out what their strategy is going to be come draft night. Yeah. Now, the reports that come along with Ty Lue. They can hire Ty Lue whenever because they knew they were going to hire him from the jump. So exactly. Really, they already told Ty Lue he had the job a month ago, you know. Yeah. So with all of these reports comes along a little tidbit from Chris Haynes that reported that this deal was getting closer and closer to actually becoming reality. 
uh, is that Frank Vogel, former Orlando Magic and Indiana Pacers head coach, could also join the staff as the lead assistant for Ty Lue and be in charge of the defense. Now, what's interesting about Frank Vogel is any team he's been the head coach of, he hasn't had any lower than the top 15 in defense in the NBA, which is a great sign. Top half team. Yeah, exactly. So it's always, it's always good when you're in the top half of the league as, uh, as opposed to the bottom half of the league. Mm-hmm. Now, there were also earlier rumors a few weeks ago that I saw about Tom Thibodeau potentially joining the staff as well. And there were also new rumors that came out today that LeBron's camp reached out to Thibodeau about becoming an assistant on the staff as well. So I don't know if it means Frank Vogel and Tom Thibodeau and or Tom Thibodeau. That'd be wild if they got all of them. Either way, I'm liking this combination that that this staff is starting to 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 turn out to be. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, I think with those kind of names, I'll be happy with whoever LeBron decides to go with. (laughs) I think it'll be legit. Those are good names to pick from. Yeah. But all of this comes. LeBron will let us know whenever he's ready to decide <laughs> who's who it's gonna be. Well, uh, Ty Lue's birthday was the other day, and apparently he had a Lakers cake. Yeah, Ty Lue is gonna be the Lakers coach. Duh. So this this all comes after Monty Williams was announced as the next head coach of the Phoenix Suns after not ever formally being offered the Lakers job. Mm-hmm. Where Duh. do you think this puts Phoenix? I mean, I think that puts them in the right direction. That's for sure. I mean, it's better than not having Monty Williams. I think they're still a, they're still a point guard away, so they're they're really crossing their fingers for John Morant. Um, and uh, I mean, I th- I think I think the only player that they would take over Jaw is is Zion. Um, but they need a point guard. They got their coach. They got a couple young superstars. Uh, they're going to have a top five pick probably. Yeah. So I think Phoenix is looking in the right direction. Um, their problems has always been ownership. They've always had good. They've always had a good basketball culture out there. They've always had good competing teams. Uh, yeah. They've always had fun teams to watch. Uh, so it's just like they got they got to get ownership behind them and get get on that vision because, I mean, D Book and DeAndre Ayton could be two of the best and if. If you draft right and, you know, you could get a big three, Monty Williams is a good coach, you know, you're moving in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, listen, I didn't think that the Lakers would be the franchise to let LeBron just do whatever he wants, but it's looking like it's, because it's turning out it's, to be it, that way. It, because it's a smart thing to do. It, it just – it makes sense. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not anything I think the Lakers had a choice in from the jump. It's like – at the very, very start of it, it was always originally rooted, like, even when I didn't know if he'd come, if he wouldn't come, when I thought there was no way he'd come to the Lakers, when I thought he for sure was coming to the Lakers. It was like, you take LeBron if he wants to come. Yeah. All right? So he decided to come. All right? If you got LeBron, you have to run your organization around him. Yeah, you know what you're saying. Or you're going to fight for. yourself. It, it's just like he – he wanted to come to the Lakers, so it's it's really all LeBron. I don't think the Lakers, you know, like you gotta take Bron if he wants to come. If you take Bron, you gotta you gotta do it his way. That's just what fell upon the Lakers. That's Jeannie Buss's problem. But yeah. it's also her her, you know, like it could bring her a ring, you know, yeah. for herself. You know, like 
buy her sell, bring her her first ring. Yeah, I mean, because the Lakers still don't have a president of basketball operations. Yep. So I mean, I think Jeannie Buss is is she's putting the she's putting it in in LeBron's hands to me, in my in my opinion. I think that's a smart way because if you don't, you're going to be fighting him, and then you have a you have a broken team, and just that's not going to win championships. Yeah. So I mean, listen, it's, it's not it's not the best news in the world. We've been blessed that we've gotten to keep the young players that we it have. It could be worse. It could be a lot worse, but um, yeah, it's it's gonna be tough. All right. Well, before we get out of here, we thought we would end on uh, a couple fun notes. So I found uh, something on Twitter, and it was like a a graph, not like a graph, but like a graphic uh, of nine different. NBA point guards and one characteristic that they have and it basically said choose three and build your ideal point guard so you're taking like uh you know one of the greatest characteristics yeah and you could add this to your kind of yeah your blank point guard yeah you have a this is your NBA 2k my player it's like taking Dirk's fade away or yeah like exactly I got you so I thought it would be cool to give Tyler this same premise and he's going to build his ideal point guard if he were to start an NBA franchise today. So the nine players' characteristics, these are all current players. Yeah, yeah. Let's, You're going to write these down? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Steph Curry's shooting. Okay. Damian Lillard's clutch. Okay. Russell Westbrook's rebounding. Okay. Kyrie Irving's handles. Okay. John Wall's athleticism. The guy with the blown out fucking Achilles. <laughs> we're okay. We're, nah, I bear got with you. me. Nah, no, I got you. He he was freak. CP3's IQ. Okay. Rajon Rondo's playmaking. Interesting. All right. At his height, at his peak. No, nah, I, I got you. Pat, that's, that's what he was. He was more. Yeah. He was a playmaker. He's a cool, Pat Beverly's defense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and last but not least. Ben Simmons' size. Ben Simmons' body, basically? Yeah, size. Six, a 6'10", six, yeah, l- lengthy yeah, frame. Yeah. Oh, so man. So choose three. Yeah, I mean, uh, out of these, like, right off the jump, I got to get rid of Simmons' size. Okay. I got to get rid of uh, Kyrie Handles. Okay. I got to get rid of Russ's rebounding. Okay. Uh, probably got to get rid of Wall's athleticism because point's probably the least – even though you got to defend these athletic point guards. Listen, look at Raymond Felton. Yeah, I think it's it's <laughs> like least least important uh, is not necessarily the right way because you got to defend these guys. But uh, yeah, I think you, skill takes you a long way with the point guards. Yeah. Um, so now we're left with Steph shooting, Dame's clutch, CP3 IQ, Rondo playmaking, and Pat Beverly defense. Oh man, that's a tough five. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think uh I think I gotta I think I gotta get rid of Rondo playmaking just because I gotta believe if you got some of these other things. Okay. Um and uh you know, man, this is this is a crazy one. Um, but I think I gotta get rid of the clutch factor. Oh man, really? Because I think if you got I think if you got a guy that's as smart as Chris Paul. Uh huh can defend like Patrick Beverly and can shoot like Stephen Curry. I don't think he's going to need to be clutch. I think he's going to close the game out in the third Before quarter. Before that. Okay. Uh, all right. I like where your head's Steph's at. Steph's the greatest shooter of all time. I don't think 
like CP3, I think, max out IQ. I, I don't think there's necessarily people smarter than him. Right. And there's people as smart as him. Yeah. Um, and Beverly's defense, I mean, he's, he's just a he's, dog. He's arguably a top five. It would have been, it was between Beverly's defense, um, or, uh, or the clutch factor. Um, but I think, I think if you have a player that has a dominant shooting game like Steph, and you're already def- clutch and a defensive ability like Patrick Beverly, and they're smart about it. That's the that's the best point guard. Ever. The ultimate recipe. That's that's my ultimate recipe. All right. Yeah, re- rebounding is this rebounding, athleticism, handles. That's not super. I mean, you have to be able to handle the ball, but I don't think that necessarily sets you apart as right. like a a dominant force. But it's pretty good. Okay. Size size is always good, but I think skill beats size all day. Yeah. All right. Skill beats athleticism. All right. Playmaking is kind of a weird one to throw in there, though. You know, like obviously you need your your guy to be a playmaker. Yeah, and listen, I didn't come up with this list. I just yeah. took it from Twitter and no, I, that's I, a, I ran no, with that's it. That's a good one. Steph, Steph, CP3, and Pat Bev. That's interesting. That's an interesting combo. That's interesting. I wonder how big that point guard would be. Yeah, it's six two. <laughs> that's plenty. Yeah, that'd be plenty with that with the with that skill set. Yeah. So all right, now the other thing that was fun that we wanted to end on. Tyler came up with, I think it's five questions. I think there's six now. Okay, six trivia questions yeah, about the NBA yeah, playoffs six now. that uh, that he wanted to throw my way. So, Tyler, take it away. One of them's kind of just like married to the other question, but uh, we'll start. We'll start out with those ones. Um, what year did the first? What year was the uh, the seven game first round series introduced? I want to say it was two. 2006 or seven 2003 Ooh, okay so this is the uh this is like the 17th playoffs i think yeah with it included um okay and so the 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 kind of the two part the second part to that question is how many eight seeds have won since that since since expanding to seven game series um how many have won and who were they I want to say it's two. Eight seeds over one seeds. I want to say it's two. It's three. Three. Okay. Who are the two? Do you know two teams? One on is top? one is the we believe. Yeah, I think that's kind of the obvious one. The the other yeah. two are not as obvious. The one is the we believe Warriors over the Dallas Mavericks, which to me is like I th- I believe that the '07 Warriors and the '94 Nuggets are kind of the all time great eight seeds. Yeah. Um, just because. The 94 Nuggets were the first team to ever do it. And then the Warriors, I think, were actually, like, yeah. the biggest upset because Dallas was the best team in the league that year. Dirk was MVP. Yeah. I wouldn't have got the 94 Don Nuggets. Don Nelson versus their all – well, no, not, 94 Nuggets are not part of this. Oh, okay. I said since seven-game series. Okay. The I Nuggets were just the first eight seed to ever win, but it was a five-game series. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Yeah. All right. So the other two. One of them's – one, one of them's, like – Was when, one of them the Jazz? One uh, no, no, like Jazz winning or losing? Winning. Well, it, it wasn't either, but okay. Uh, one of them's kind of obvious once I say it, but it's like you would never. Uh, it's not like a true. It's not a true upset. One of them is is when D Rose went down in Game One. Oh. In 2012. Miami and Chicago. Chicago, Chicago over Philadelphia, or Philadelphia over Chicago. Oh yeah, that was so, that was like one of the Mark, first years Mike, in the process. M- Michael Carter Williams and uh and um who else was it? Was it Andre Iguodala and uh, and No. Uh, 
Yeah. Was Iggy on that team? Yeah. Cause Iggy, cause Iggy came. Yeah. Cause that was one of the first years of the process. Cause that yeah. Michael Carter Williams won rookie of the year that year. Yep. So, uh, in 2012, Philly AC beat Chicago, but that that series was famous for at the very end of game one, Chicago has a dominating lead. Yep. In, in the fourth quarter, D Rose goes up and, and uh, the rest is history. We know what that knee injury did to his career. Um, so that one was like when I read when I you know found that one I was like because I I said two as well and I just because I just knew that there was another one out there other than yeah. we believe yeah uh, three was surprising the Philadelphia over Chicago one made sense this this other one is the one that I think like I was thinking of what is because it? this one was I remember just being such a huge like upset uh, but it was also kind of linked with injury not the same impact as D Rose in Chicago but. Uh, memphis over san antonio in 2011 that's right the, the grit the, and grind yep, grizzlies grit, with um, zebo mark tony allen mike conley yep um and they uh ginobili had hurt his shoulder in game one and basically was in and out of the lineup banged up playing if he was playing he was banged up or he was sitting uh which again they thought ginobili was going to retire after that year yeah and again ginobili i don't was a big part of that team but not necessarily the same like as a D Rose. Same player, yeah. That great and great Memphis team was like the perfect play style to beat a Popovich team. It and was they, just kind of like the perfect matchup, similar to the We Believe Warriors. And they were also one of those teams that was consistently in the playoffs and always had like a great regular season. This was this was right when they started playing Moneyball and went hard analytics because yep. 2011 is right when they kind of moved past the OJ Mayo, Rudy Gay. And they went experiment. They, yeah, they went more with Gasol and Conley, um, but yeah, no, I love uh, I I love the 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 We Believe Warriors. So I tried to find something around the seven game. Yeah, one eight. No, series. I like that. I like that. Um, here we go. Now I now I got um, some career points per game uh, um, questions. I got the uh, I got five names for the all time leader, and okay. I got five names for the active leaders. One okay. of them is not in the top five see if you can okay. see if you can uh pick okay so um for the all-time points per game in the playoffs we got mj kobe durant jerry west ai who's not in the top five all-time in scoring durant nope it's your guy kobe kobe damn kobe's not i think kobe uh was number 10 um and the guy that is in the top five is LeBron James. It is actually number five all time. All right. Now, this, the five active players for the top five scoring average for active players. We got KD. Uh, we, got, we got KD. We got Steph. We got James Harden. We got Dame Lillard. And we got Kyrie. Who's not in the top five? Say the names one more time for me. KD, Steph, Harden, Dame, Kyrie. For the top five? Top five active points per game playoff scores. These are playoff numbers. So you got Harden, Dame, Kyrie, KD, Steph. I'm going to say Dame because he probably hasn't played as many games. Well, this doesn't put into, I mean, less games. Oh, yeah, I guess that doesn't make make a difference, but I'm still going Dame. James Harden is not in the top five. Interesting. uh, Okay. Because he played so many playoff games with Oklahoma City. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And and uh, uh, Russell and he was coming off the bench, getting less minutes. And, and and Russell Westbrook is actually in the top five active scores. 
And not only that, Russell Westbrook averages more points per game in the playoffs than Damian Lillard. Just a little, just a little, giving Russell Russ a little love over a little Lillard. Love, a little nudge. You know, he's had he had a tough go of it with Lillard in the first round. Um, so, yep, I got you on that one. Um, the next question we got. Uh, let me see here. Okay, we'll go with this. Who out of who out of these names has the least amount of Finals MVPs? Okay. Okay. We got Kobe, Shaq, Braun, and Duncan. Who's Kobe, got the, who's Kobe's got, got two. Shaq's got three. LeBron's got three. Duncan's got three. And who was the last name? Those were it. Those were the Those four. Those were it. So you're saying Kobe? Yeah, I guess it's Kobe or Duncan for sure. No, you nailed it. You got them all right. Yeah, it's Duncan's Kobe. got three. Shaq's got three. Braun's got three. Yeah, Kobe's got two. Now, now what's the, who's because Tony Parker? Because Tony Parker got one of Duncan's five, and Kawhi got one of Duncan's five. Yep. And Kobe only got two because they lost the well, first Shaq of the three, it. and Shaq got all three of the three. Pete and LeBron's got all three of his championship finals MVPs. Yep. And. Uh, Okay, and so who who is the most impressive of those four? Duncan with three out of his five wins. Shaq with three out of his four wins. Braun with three out of his three wins. Kobe with two out of his five wins. I think it's got to be Shaq because he got all three of his in a row. Just three years, three championships, three finals. Yeah, I mean, Shaq, Shaq's one of the only players to be a part of a three-peat. I know yeah. Kobe's also a part of that, but yeah. he didn't get the finals MVP. No, I, I agree. And we can – I mean, I don't think sh- – Kobe got carried in that series, but LeBron's never won three in a row. Duncan's never won back-to-back period. Yeah. So, I mean, it's got to be Shaq winning three in a row. Yeah, I think it goes between Shaq and Braun. I think Shaq is the the most impressive. I think Duncan's is the most uh, surprising. But Braun, Braun, I think, was second because Braun did with two different teams. Okay, yeah. I mean, uh, I could see that argument. Two different franchises. I think he's above Kobe. As as far as just impressiveness, just because that's you know, I think it's. I mean, it's going to be pretty. Three, hard, it's pretty hard. It's going to be pretty hard for me to take yeah. LeBron over Kobe. Three in any out of situation. three out of nine and two two out of five is kind of like you yeah. know. Um, and then uh, okay, so we'll just stick with LeBron. I got two more. All right. Um, we'll go. This one's uh, LeBron over unders for career. So all time leaders, right? Okay. Okay, for playoffs, all time leader. Oh, like how many years? So this is the over under how many years he's been the all time or he's been the the leader in the playoffs. How many years? So, sorry, I, I phrased that really bad. <laughs> the, this the over under is going to be how many years uh, he led the playoffs in like scoring, rebounding, and assists. How many years he's how, so how many times he's done that? Yeah, how many times he's done that? All right. So how many times has he uh, led the playoffs in points? The over under is four and a half. Oh, I'm taking the over. Yep, over six. Yeah. So six times LeBron's led the, the playoffs in scoring. All right, so uh, for rebounding, the over-under is two and a half. How, how many times has he led the playoffs in rebounding? I'm also going to take the over because I think it's three. It's one. So oh. one time. But rebounding, that's – I mean, that's crazy. I mean, he's – The it, fact that he's done all of these even one time is ridiculous. He's average, I mean, he's – in the playoffs, he's averaged up to like I think like eleven, twelve rebounds in the yeah. playoffs. So yeah. I mean, that's pretty high for yeah for yeah. any player. But just going against you know the big guys, that's that's pretty wild. Um, and then assists um, to lead the 
to lead the playoffs and assist. The over-under is three. Since LeBron is not technically defined by himself as a scorer, I'm going to say over. Yep, over five times. Okay. Five times he's led the playoffs and, and assists. All so. right, so you went over, under, over. Yep, pretty – pretty impressive they i just just seen when i saw a spread of it how often his name popped up was crazy well when you make it to eight straight finals you're going to do pretty historic things yeah. and then the last one's kind of a fun one who would you want in your playoff rotation the most for the nba finals what you got to pick one of these guys to have on your team okay um you, we got alan iverson okay carmelo anthony okay chris paul okay tracy mcgrady okay steve nash all in their prime. Oh, I'm he, going Allen Iverson. He's the only one to go to a finals. Is, is he the only one that – well, has Na Nash never went to the finals? No, he's the only one to go to an NBA finals. He's the yeah. only – He's the only. there we go. He's not He's not the only one yeah, to win I MVP, basically was trying to – I was basically trying to find the best players that had never won a chip. And I was like, who? who's the best player that you'd want on your team that has never proven he could win a chip? I'm going AI. There we go. AI. My guy. All right. Speaking of AI, and this is going to be my shout-out, Today is the 17-year anniversary of the practice rant, and uh, it's, it's sometimes forgotten about the practice rant, what AI was going through at the time of the practice rant and what he had been dealing with that entire season. He had been dealing with the loss of his best friend the day before the practice rant, and really why I think he missed practice or was late to practice that day was mm -hmm. he was dealing with his emotions because the trial for his best friend's killer started that day. And so he was going through a whole lot and that's really the, the spark plug for the, yeah, he was pissed about for, it for the practice rant. He really was pissed that they were asking about practice. I yeah. Mean, there was, there was bigger things going on in his life. Uh, which, that, meant, I mean, that had nothing to do with, with basketball, which, you know, if you want to pick him apart for, for that, whatever, but it's like, he was pissed that, that, because you know, in his in his view, that was not a priority. Yeah, you know, there there was there was things going on, and he didn't necessarily have to be at practice. He maybe went about it the wrong way, but you know, that's where that's where that that whole thing stemmed. Yeah, he, he but was pissed they asked about it. Yeah, and I mean, no matter what, w whether people talk about the real context of what happened or not, it's always going to be an all-time media yeah. moment, an all-time yeah. clip. Yeah. Especially because, uh, you know, they would have dealed with it in-house anyway. So, yeah. just, you know, they did, the media didn't know the story. They were trying to attack him, and it upset him. Yeah, and then I, I kind of got a double shout-out because it's a, a two-anniversary day. Today is the 30-year anniversary of MJ's shot over Craig Elo <laughs> in Game 5 of the first round of the playoffs when the Bulls yep. were taken on the Cavs. And that that's really, I think – what some people consider the start of the Bulls dynasty, him hitting that clutch shot to move on to the next round of the playoffs. Ultimately, they didn't end up winning the NBA championship that year, but they did the next year. And yeah. that's what started their first three-peat. Uh, and then them going on to win their second three-peat. Definitely one of those moments in MJ's career where we we all know what happened that night. Yeah. All right, you got a shout-out before we get out of here? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out on the fly just because I thought this was fucking just super cool. Another prep kid, Kenyon Martin uh, Jr. <laughs> going to Vanderbilt. Yeah, Sierra Canyon. Sierra Canyon U. I think that's a dope. That's gonna be a sick nickname for them. Uh, Vanderbilt with Jerry Stackhouse, my dude, the Tar Heel. He's the second Sierra Canyon kid, or 
at least California kid, I think, on that team. It's Scotty Pippen Jr. and Kenny Martin Jr. both playing oh, for Vanderbilt. Scotty Pippen is the other one? Yeah, the, both of those kids. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's Sierra Canyon U. <laughs> they got two of their starters going there. Cassius, Cassius fucking blew it. Well, uh, in more ways than one. But uh, no, I mean, it's they're joining Stackhouse, new coach, obviously a cool coach, you know, an ex player. Yeah. Uh, who like played relatively like recently. Uh, and I'm sure it's someone they know. Yeah, exactly. And this, you know, that name is so like, you know, you know who Jerry Stackhouse is. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a cool one. Yeah. So, Pip Pippin's kid and Kmart's kid playing for Stackhouse. It's uh it's a weird world. Look out for Vandy next year. Yep. All right, with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Don't forget you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media. Be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well. And we are now on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the TSK show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK show. Peace.